0: Welcome to the Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast. This is John Halsman checking in with you all to talk about our perplexing, beguiling, but never boring world. And now that I'm back from my misadventures in Barcelona, I thought I would finish my discussion of my recent trip to Washington. Um, I started a two-parter with the trouble with the Democrats, and today we will turn our forensic gaze on the trouble with the Republicans and what I learned from talking to very high level operatives in Washington for my calcyon week of seeing everybody and catching up with what's going on. Because as badly as things are going for the Democrats, and they surely are, I mean, I think we can bake in, the House is lost in the midterms, and the Senate, which really shouldn't be in play, as the Republicans have to defend 20 of 34 seats next time, the Senate is very much in play, and there could indeed be a tidal wave brewing to sweep the Democrats out in both um, chambers of the Congress. At the same time, Biden's presidency is hanging by a thread. The standard rule of thumb in Washington is for a president, if his approval rating is over 60, he can do whatever he wants, and if it's over 40, he can do nothing because nobody will listen to him. Biden is languishing at about 42% on the Real Clear Politics average with the trend going down rather quickly. So he's on the edge of relevance with his supposed successor, Kamala Harris, in even worse shape in the lower 30s, now the least popular vice president in history, less popular than the Darth Vader that was Dick Cheney. So the Democrats are in terrible shape. But when I talk to their leadership, The secret, the dirty secret lying at the heart of every single conversation I had with Democratic operatives is that they confessed to me plainly they had one thing they were counting on to save them in 2024, and that's Donald Trump. Now, I'm not saying this in the usual mean epithet, I love Trump, I hate Trump way. Let's follow why Donald Trump is such poison for the Republican Party and such manna from heaven from the Democratic Party. Let's follow the politics through on this. Um, The 2022 election is going to tempt Trump to run again in 2024. Because if I'm right, and I think I am, if you look at my track record, I am. Um, If you look at it, the Republicans will do really well in both the House and the Senate. Um, And so this will leave Democrats, paradoxically, cackling with glee. And by this, I mean, Trump will be tempted back into the mainframe, not to be a power broker behind the scenes, which really doesn't suit his type A or narcissistic personality. But seeing the Republicans do so well, seeing the Democrats back on their heels, will tempt him to run for office again in 2024. And the dirty secret of American politics is a paradox. Trumpism is popular. Trump is not. Again, Trumpism is extremely popular, but Trump is not. By Trumpism, I mean the things that go around him in policy terms, which aren't talked about nearly enough. Deregulation, tax cuts, not fighting stupid wars of choice. Trump is the only president of recent times not to get engaged in a war of choice. And that, of course, has been exceedingly popular to focus on China as the primary American strategic threat. I think of everything Trump has done. History will be kindest to him on this point, because now the Democrats have come into line and there is a strong, realist, bipartisan focus in this toxic era. There still is a realist, bipartisan focus around China as the emerging superpower threat. This begins with Trump, as does a protecting of the lower-middle-blue-collar manufacturing class. All of this is popular—deregulation, tax cuts, not fighting wars of choice, a china focus and protectionism of a sort. This is popular, but Trump is not, especially among independent voters who tend to swing American elections. With the, with the electorate so polarized, it's the few people genuinely in the middle who have swayed very, very close elections that have been the norm really since about 1996 when Bill Clinton routed uh, Senator Bob Dole. So since then, it's been a very close electorate with the few moderates in the middle holding the balance of power, and they're turned off Trump, even as they're turned on to Trumpism. So that would seem to be working at cross purposes, because the GOP is still Trump's party. This is the problem. The logical thing to do, if you just agree with my assessment as an operative, a Republican operative, would be to say, let's dump Trump and keep Trumpism. And then we have no problem and we can build on the 2022 games and really route the Democrats in 2024. All of this makes sense and all of this isn't going to happen because the Republican Party is still Trump's party. An October morning consult poll, one of many, put it very well. It said if there were to be Republican primaries in 2024 for president, who would you vote for? And 47 percent unequivocally said Trump. The next highest, miles behind, former Vice President Mike Pence at 13%, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, really the future of the party, Governor DeSantis of Florida is at 12%. So if you have a look at this, Trump is miles ahead in terms of the next party primaries. The primaries are his, as many of them are winner take all, These numbers are even more uh, important, whereas the Democrats have primaries where they vote on percentages. So they go on and on and on. Republicans tend to have winner take all primaries. So this 47 to 13 Canyon is even bigger than it looks. Gallup polling, strikingly, and this is a fact that anti-Trump people just can't get into their heads but must. Gallup polling shows that Trump is the most popular leader of the Republican Party ever, ever. Ever with his popularity and favorabilities well above 80%. Higher popularity than, think of some of the greats in the Republican Party, than Eisenhower, than Nixon at his height, than Reagan, than George Herbert Walker Bush after the Gulf War. Trump is more popular than any Republican leader of the party ever. So, despite people being turned off him in the moderate voting thing, If you look at the longer term issue, the problem for the GOP is that the nomination is Trump's if he wants it, but the presidency is very hard for him to win. And this is the structural reality the Democrats are counting on. And this is really what's going on at the moment. Trump is going to aim to be the first president since Grover Cleveland, another New Yorker. He was mayor of Buffalo, who was the 22nd and 24th president, the only president in history to reclaim the presidency after losing it. And that's what, by all accounts, Trump is shooting for. And if if 2022 unveils, as I'm predicting, Trump is even more likely to run. And up to a point, all this makes sense if you're one of Trump's people, but it ignores the elephant in the corner of the room. The January 6th riots on Capitol Hill. The worst stain on America's democratic history in memory. And particularly this will matter for independent voters who tend to care about moderation, constancy, placidity, domestic tranquility, the very thing the riots did not allow for. And Trump is going to be asked about this by a hostile media. And he's right. The media, the mainstream media is in the tank against him. He's going to be asked about this incessantly. And based on everything he said up until this morning, his responses will only hurt him and and, and the GOP, because he cannot just go along and let this fade from view, given his egotistical, narcissistic personality. He is the first president in the history of the country to refuse to accept defeat in an election. All facts to the contrary. And worse, he won't let it go. Rather than quietly moving ahead banking on the advantages of trumpism he reminds us of everything we don't like about trump that he doesn't care as much about the country as he does about himself which is not something anybody wants in a president instead he plows ahead citing conspiracy theories and refusing to believe in facts for example in october trump said, all facts to the contrary, that his populist base would not be voting in 2022 unless Republican lawmakers bound themselves to his claim that the 2020 election had been stolen. Of course, this delighted the Democrats. It's not true, and Republicans will vote regardless of what Trump thinks, but the idea that he thinks or it's proper to use his base to not vote to leverage Democratic lawmakers into extra-constitutional efforts To overturn the 2020 election, to put it mildly beyond being horribly immoral and and reckless is not a good look for Democrats, uh, who will point this out over and over again. Rather than letting the issue die, Trump is going to bring it up over and over again as a primary campaign tool, endlessly pulling off the scab and endlessly reminding everyone of what they don't like about him, again, that he values himself. Over the country. Compare that to the behavior of Richard Nixon, not a paragon of virtue in many ways, but in 1960, where he had far more legitimate claims about what the Kennedy machine was doing with Mayor Daley in Illinois and Lyndon Johnson was messing around in the state of Texas. Though it now seems this did not turn the election, certainly Nixon had claims for irregularities, real irregularities, to be looked at. And Nixon said no for the good of the country. I'm not gonna put us through that. That is not how Donald Trump is behaving. Rather like a spoiled teenager, he's refusing to let it go and is poisoning the atmosphere around him. Surely the country wants more. And even if his Republican base are loyal to him and simply don't care about these facts, independent voters who vote will. At the moment in polling, Trump is doing rather well. He's two to three points ahead of Biden and the first head on head polls in harvard's recent polling of the last couple days but frankly it's within the margin of error and it's not allowing for endless campaign scrutiny like all candidates trump has looked better as the media has moved its focus away from him and he's been out of the the common eye not just because he's not on twitter all the time but also because the media have had to focus on the real world events surrounding the new biden presidency and trump has benefited from this uh, much as Biden did in the campaign, the less he's seen, the better he's done. But I guarantee you the minute he is the nominee for president, the questions about January 6th will come thick and fast, and he will double down and double down and double down and alienate the midline voters, the moderate independent voters who determine elections. He'll do well, but he won't do well enough to win. And that's what Democratic voters are absolutely banking on. Um, When I ask Republican operatives what the plan was for dealing with Trump, privately, the Republican Party leadership all know better. All know this is nonsense. All know this is a conspiracy theory, are embarrassed by it, are uneasy that they're not showing any courage at all, but are rather showing cowardice about it. They don't like the position that they're in. But when I ask them what they're planning to do to take on Trump's false claims, the extra constitutionalism and his iron-like grip on the party they say to me one of two things, we're either waiting for him to lose or we're waiting for him to die. Literally, I heard this 20 times when I talked to senior establishment operatives. There is no plan for dealing with the out of control freight train that is Donald Trump. The only plan is to wait for him to lose again and then reclaim the party or to wait for him to die. That is the state of the modern Republican party. So for all the many problems we detailed with the Democrats, For all that they're going to be wiped out in 2022, they actually stand a pretty good chance in 2024 because of Donald Trump's positioning uniquely within the party where Trumpism is popular, he is popular in the party, but he is utterly terrified independent voters. Because, and the Republican leadership has looked awful because although they haven't gone along with his baseless claims about January, they have not said at a minimum whether you think Trump broke the law or not. He winked at the mob. He put himself above the country. He didn't care for the trauma and chaos that the riots would cause. He put his own needs above those of the Constitution and the country. And what he did was reckless and morally wrong. You hear no Republican saying this of any kind. And so because of this, you have the party being tarred with this horrible brush at exactly the same time. And this is frankly what operatives are counting on, even though everybody knows better. The plan is to wait for Trump to die or to wait for him to lose again. That's not a serious plan for a serious party. So at the moment, the, the, and I will tell you if it changes because facts do, but the trajectory of the next three to four years is clear. Democrats will be wiped out in 2022, and paradoxically, that will help them hang on in 2024, whoever runs, because Donald Trump will be tempted back onto the field where his glaring failures as a human being will alienate independent voters, and he has the total grasp of the Republican Party. So Trumpism, though wildly popular, though the many good historical things that it accomplished will be in abeyance, at least for a while, until Donald Trump himself departs from the scene, and he will not go quietly into that good night. Of that, I am certain. And that's what I learned from my Washington trip. Thank you very much for listening to today's Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast. Uh, Just a couple notes as we head into the holiday season. We will start our new book serialization in the new year, which I look forward to. But until then, we will continue with the Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast and the Patrick Henry podcast, So you'll get plenty of content from me through the holidays. If you need to escape for a little while, please do using our podcast. Again, I'd like to thank everybody who has taken the trouble to spend so much time with us. And please do subscribe. So many of you have. It's been the greatest thing of this year for me. And as a result, we're devoting more and more time to explaining what's going on in the world. And I love working directly with you without a filter, no editors in between us. But for those of you who have subscribed and those of you who haven't, please do. For those of you who have for Christmas, now is the time for giving. And I'm about to go into my Italian espresso, as I always do after these. Please do give, because Substack, which is my favorite platform in the world, the freest, most creative, most neutral, most out-there system from which you can gain news, relies on the honor system. And for the price of merely half a Starbucks... $7 a month or $70 a year, we will continue to give you honest uh, looks at both the Republicans and the Democrats. Who does this? Looking candidly and forensically at the faults that both have as they move forward. That, I think, is worth the price of half a Starbucks, along with all the fun we have, the book serializations, the Patrick Henry podcast, the Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast. All of this is worth half a Starbucks a month. And in this season to give, please do give. The $70 a year, $7 a month, so we can move over more and more of our efforts devoting to Substack, where I hope we end up full-time, and it certainly seems that way, and thank you very much for that. One final postscript to the trouble with the Republicans, uh, and it ties in with the trouble of the Democrats. After having 30 or 40 meetings in my week, which is always a whirlwind, you meet everybody and come away with these impressions, this impressionistic approach which I'm sharing with you, It seems to me clear that whoever wins in 2024 will be the party that takes its own blinders off and deals with its own problems best and first. Both sides are remarkably good with serious high-powered intellectual wattage behind them. Both sides are very, very good at looking at what's wrong with the others. The Republicans gave me a forensically correct critique of what's gone wrong with the Biden people, which I've shared with you. And the Democrats have done the same. Beyond using Trump's name as an epithet, they've actually explained in detail how his failings as a human translate into structural political failings that affect everybody. And although they're wonderful at looking at others, they are less good as we often are at looking at ourselves. As those of you know who followed me, the first major chapter of my book, To Dare More Boldly, my opus on the political risk industry and creating 10 commandments for assessing it, is the notion that the risk is us. And the first side, Democrat or Republican, to realize the risk is us, to correct what's wrong internally, will be the party that emerges victorious in 2024, and that is the canary in the coal mine, and that is what, in terms of political risk analysis, I will take you through. And on that note, have a great week, happy holidays, and see you with the Patrick Henry podcast at the end of the week.